Hi, and welcome to Black, White, but mostly gray, because life is not always neat and tidy. We live our lives in a million shades of gray, where the lines between right and wrong are blurred by our different values and experiences. If we take the time to look beyond the labels, we understand that most things are complex and nuanced. Not every situation is good or bad. Not everything is right or wrong. There are many gray areas in life, and that's what we want to explore. So open your minds and join us. Welcome to episode six of Black, White, but Mostly Gray. We are so glad you joined us. Hey, Dano, how is it going? Well, you know, Aliki, if I were any better, I'd have to be twins. And wouldn't that be scary? <laughs> that, that definitely would be. Something else that is scary, <laughs> but also intriguing, is artificial intelligence. Is it going to make our lives easier or will it destroy the world? What do you well, think? You know, your guess is as good as mine. We'll take a look at it from a layperson's perspective and take everything we say with a grain of salt. Don't you think that makes sense? Yeah, because none of us are experts in this uh, topic. So we're just going to run through with what we we know and what we've heard and uh, hope learn from it. And we also might learn from it ourselves. Yeah. Before we delve into artificial intelligence, AI, all that stuff, Let's first take a little journey into Aliki's world. Yes, we're going to take a look at some of Aliki's recent social media posts, and she can explain them to me and to you. Let's do it. All right. So this first one is a quote from Sham Tabritz that you recently posted. Do you want to read it to us? The quote says, they love you with a passion you might not be ready for, but their love is rare. Get in tune because it doesn't come around often. So clearly, you know, I mean, this is not the Sam's Tabrizi, you know, who right. was the guru of the Persian mystic uh, Rumi. This, this, this is a young guy who, you know, loves to share his, you know, poetry, his writing online. So, you know, I just like to follow him a bit. But this jumped out on me, be, out to me, because, you know, of the fact that, y- you know, like we are afraid of true, intense love that's all the different kinds of love not just romantic love but this one clearly is looking at romantic love i think it's a little narcissistic we'll move on to the next one (laughs) narcissistic yes but anyway okay i really like the next one aliki can you read it for us of course but i still take issue with the fact that you called that first one narcissistic we're going to have more discussions about that, Dano. <laughs> yeah, I, made, I made notes. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so this next one, you know, says, Dive deeply or stay ashore. I have no use for one who dips a toe and claims to know me. Yes, and this, that's R.C. Who is R.C.? Y- you know, I don't even know. I just like the court and I picked it up and I shared it. You know, I just like the court because that's kind of how I am. It sums up my essence. I don't like surface relationships. I like to really get to know people, really know who they are. And that's that's my struggle with social media. And I love social media as a 
as a as a Gemini, as a person who enjoys communicating, I love social media. I'm always on there. But it's really, really hard to get to know people. And in a world that's driven by, by social media now, it seems like if you are not using, you know, these dating apps or any of the different uh, media to get to know people that you're missing out. I just I, I just can't get there with that. So yeah, so this really spoke to me in that regard. I think Yoda said it maybe even better when he said, do or do not, there is no try. Yeah, yeah, you said that to me one time. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> it's like, Yoda. don't tell me you're going to try. You're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. Exactly. All right, here's the final one, and it's a doozy. So you posted a picture of U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, who allegedly made a startling admission. Tell us what she did and what you said she did. <laughs> this one was more of a, like a meme that was just funny to me than anything else. It's from Entrepreneur Magazine. It said that Janet Yellen accidentally ate magic mushrooms while on business in China. And she did admit that she accidentally did ingest those Chinese ma magic mushrooms. Yeah, I, I did confirm that in a story on CNN. I don't know if that confirms anything, but I she did admit to, C <laughs> to CNN that she actually ate the mushrooms but swear she didn't get high. It sounded to me a little like, who was it? Was it Bill Clinton who claimed that he, he tried marijuana but didn't inhale? Yeah, like, so, yeah, so did he eat, like, brownies or, like, you know, what, like, that's the, that's a question nobody ever I mean, really she asked. she claimed she didn't get high. Maybe she was doing it wrong. I mean, it's like she's never done it before. Well, I mean, these things, I would, I would imagine that if you are kind of like a virgin in that area, the first time you do it, unless you do it in large quantities, you're not going to really see any difference because you don't know what to feel at first. Exactly. But I thought well, this was funny because, you know, her funny. last name... Yeah, her, her last name is Yellen. And, uh, you know, these magic mushrooms, from what I understand, are supposed to kind of help you. Uh, from chill. what you understand? Yeah, because I've never tried them before. I thought you and Aaron Rodgers did mushrooms together. <laughs> well, you nope. know what? If that opportunity presented itself, I probably <laughs> would partake. <laughs> All right, I think we're going to leave it there, all right? A quick trip around the mind of Aliki. It's a really bizarre place sometimes, Aliki. It is my favorite place to be, but LOL, it's no weirder than yours, Daniel. <laughs> anyway, stay tuned. We'll be right back to find out if artificial intelligence is going to destroy the world. Welcome back. Many of us are familiar with AI as it is called, and almost everyone is using it. Basically, AI provides a program the ability to think and learn on its own. It is a simulation of human intelligence into machines to do things that we would normally rely on humans to do. Most of us encounter artificial intelligence in some way or the other almost every day from the moment you wake up to check your smartphone, some of you guys drive cars that have artificial intelligence built in. You know, it's quickly made its way into everyday lives, every part of our lives. According to a recent study, the global AI market is set to grow up to 54% every single year. 
for the next few years. You know, and one app that has everyone buzzing is ChatGPT. For those of you that don't know anything about it, it's a chat box. It uses natural language processing, so it creates human-like conversation. It responds to questions, and it can compose various written content, uh, including articles, social media posts, essays, and even term papers. The scary thing is, it's almost as good as a professional writer like, like me. Okay. <laughs> well, That's very scary. Uh, that is scary, but I really, really wish ChatGPT were around when I was going to college and doing my graduate school work. Now I understand the the universities and the high schools, they're now developing software so they can determine how much of your term paper was actually created by artificial intelligence and how much is actually yours. Listen, education is going to have to change just like everybody else because this is a tool and people are going to use it. Why wouldn't they? I hope these... Uh... Educational institutions, you know, have some of these younger people <laughs> on their boards to help them with this stuff because, I mean, many of them had a hard time just proving uh, regular plagiarism from regular writing. I wonder yeah. how they're going to do that with, uh, you know, AI like that GPT, but it's very interesting. It we'll is. See. A, a guy my age can say, well, you know, it's no different than the Cliff Notes that we had back in the day. You ever heard of Cliff Notes? Yeah, of course. Oh, you did? Okay, so it's still Yeah, because I learned from you. <laughs> I forget how old you are. I, no, I, I, I learned I thought you were a lot younger than that, but yeah, so. Well, I learned it, from it, you, you old, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> That's why I know about Cliff Notes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not quite as tame as Cliff Notes, though. I mean, AI has the potential to do great, wondrous things, but some think, Aliki, it's got the potential to destroy the world. Humanity, you know how we are. We, we we revel in the ingenuity of our minds, you know, because really AI is just reverse engineering of human beings. The only thing that's different now is uh, we are realizing that it has a much bigger capacity to store information compa compared to our brains or our minds, in, in essence. So that's the scary thing. However, you know, there's a lot of good, you know, that comes with it. But going back to the scary aspect of it, uh, you yeah, reminded me. Yeah, let's stick me. on the scary stuff first. You <laughs> know, expert, experts say this, that models could soon be smarter and more powerful than humans. And when we reach that point, it's not good. Re remember the show uh, Knight Rider? I, I caught like, you know, I used to watch it back in my teenage years. Uh, Was that David Hasselhoff? Yep. Yeah. David Hasselhoff with that car named Kit. That was yeah. kind of my Get first the car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and Kit, you know, was this sentient, almost sentient car that helped him fight, you know, crime in, you know, at night. And so to me, like whenever I thought about artificial intelligence, I always thought about like the positive aspects like that. But then fast forward to 2004, when they made that movie, uh, the one um with Johnny Depp and uh, Morgan Freeman, I think it was called Transcendence. Transcendence showed the, the other side of AI. In, in the plot, you had these activists who were like anti-AI that, you know, who attacked him and they shot him. So his team, including his girlfriend, who was part of his, uh, part of his scientific group, decided basically to upload his intelligence into, into a computer. This whole thing went from, you know, uh, a mind that was seeking knowledge, ultimate knowledge, to basically a mind that became hungry and decided to take over everything. 
And, it sounds know, like so, a fascinating movie. It is. If you haven't seen it, yeah, gotta see. But, but reality is is maybe even scarier. You know, there a, a guy by the name of Jeffrey Hinton. He's he's a so called godfather of AI, and Leaky. He thought that you know we're for a long time. He thought we were like thirty to fifty years away from the point where AI programs would be able to out outperform humans. Now he thinks it might be just like less than five years away. Yeah, well, this guy, I looked him up, uh, you know, because he's such a, he's, yeah, he's basically one of the main, main brains behind uh, all the AI we're looking at. He worked for Google most of his life, and he's, I think, now in his uh, mid to late 70s. So he, you know, he's coming from an, an, an older mindset. And and what I'm under, from what I understand from the recent developers that just left Google, they're talking about how we've already surpassed that. The AI we have today has is capable of replicating itself. So once you have something like that that's capable of delivering its own child per se, we've already lost control. I think. Anyway, let's get on to there. There are some benefits, right? Oh, there are a lot of benefits to AI. AI AI can do a lot of amazing things, you know, from helping us fight crime to making sure in, in the medical field that we, we have less errors, things like, you know, uh, doing surgery. It, it just, I mean, it's a plethora of things that AI, you know, can be very beneficial for. You know, they can also take on many of the, the risky things that can expose humans to injury or death, things like diffusing a bomb, going into space, exploring the deep parts of oceans, you know, and then in the workplace, uh, it's 24 seven availability. Many oh. studies have shown, you know, that humans are productive only about three to four hours in a day. You know, AI can work endlessly without a break. I guess the people who did this study have never worked in warehouses. I have. I've seen yeah. some really productive uh, humans, you know, assembling all these parts and whatever. But like I said, AI is us, basically engineered backward, uh, reverse you, you, engineered, right? Yeah, reverse engineered. Reverse engineered. So still a lot about a human being that AI cannot necessarily uh, copy because it's, you know, it's data driven or whatever. It doesn't have things like emotions and relationships and things like that. Well, you know, you know, when you start talking about, you know, replacing some of the mundane things that human do, the first thing that, well, one of the first things that come out is, oh, it's going to put everybody out of work. Jobs. Yep. I think we found through the pandemic that a lot of those jobs, people don't want to even do them anymore. And we have to find alternative ways to work in a fast food restaurant do some of the other tasks that people said, hey, I don't want to go back to that. That's not meaningful and that's not providing a, a decent wage for me. It's true. I think McDonald's, I read somewhere, don't quote me on this, uh, but that it, it has one of these facilities. I don't know if it was in North America or somewhere in Europe. It's all like fully AI operated now from drive through to whatever. Uh, so those things happen, and I've I've worked I've worked in the service industry for a long time, and all this customer service stuff. And really, a lot of a lot of people I cannot speak for other countries, but here in the United States, a lot of people don't want to do these jobs because they are labor intensive, and they don't pay well. 
it would be advantageous for our society to to be able to automate some of those things. You know, will, will it give people who are utilizing them the, the connection that humans give? No. But in terms of efficiency, uh, it'll be good. I, I mean, I can see both sides of it. Earlier, you mentioned AI has no emotion while human beings are driven by emotion. Some uh, refer to that as a huge advantage is that, you know, it doesn't have any biased views, ensures more accurate decision making. Couldn't you argue, though, that because it's not driven by emotions, humans aren't driven by emotions, we're driven by gut instincts. That's actually a disadvantage that it doesn't have any bias. I don't agree that AI doesn't have any bias because AI is us human beings reverse engineered. And you know, we come with all kinds of biases. So the people who are out there writing the programs, writing the codes, they're going to put their biases into AI. That's probably one of the scary things to me. However, you know, if we were to be able to have, you know, programmers from, you know, diverse backgrounds and stuff like that, uh, input in, in, in these all-powerful AI machines, then we wouldn't have to worry about all of that stuff. But at the end of it all, I think the biases will be there. Well, I, I think all. you look at, at what is AI drawing from? It, it's drawing from generations of data and intelligence that have been recorded in various ways. It's going to be as accurate as the information that it, it sucks in, isn't it? Exactly. And as an African, right, I've always kind of, I've thought about this long and hard. <laughs> I come from a tradition where everything, like our history, most of it is oral. You're not going to find a lot of that out there in this AI. I also come from a, a mindset or a, a view, a worldview that actually I believe in the emotions stuff. I, and I believe in intuition and things like that. So to live in a world where it will be devoid of those kind of things, I don't know if I would like that world that much. I also love artificial intelligence. I love, I love all the different gadgets. So it is just an interesting place to be because I feel like I'm, I'm kind of split somewhere in the middle. I'll, I'll confess that I use AI tools to research and put together the the episodes. It's you know, it it it's not the only thing I do, but it, it's a tool. I read this article in Forbes, and it says my take on AI is that these are tools of incredible magnitude and potential value, but they're still just tools. Right. The wheel didn't change the world. The wheel, coupled with human ingenuity, did. I hear all these experts say how scary it is. I'd like to think it is a tool. It's it's like the other tools we have, and we're either going to embrace it or it's going to it's going to blow by us. Comparing AI to the wheel, I think is a little simplistic, but you know, I see where they're coming from. And the wheel was pretty revolutionary in its day. But then AI essentially is as human beings trying to create uh, a sentient being. If we're able, and I think in the future it will happen. If we're able to give AI some sort of a sentientness, it will bring it closer to what, us. I'm sorry, what are we going to give it? I, I, I kind of made that up, that word up. I mean, it's basically sentient, making it like us human beings with emotions okay. and intelligence, you know, and that kind of stuff. Uh, if we can give it that, which we might be able to, then that would be us playing God, essentially, isn't it? 
You know, and that's the call for ethical framework and establish clear ethical guidelines and principles, et cetera, et cetera, which is all well and good. But, you know, what are some, you know, you think Putin's going to follow an ethical framework? (laughs) I like when you go, you start talking about Putin as if he's the only. As if he's the only bad guy. Well, he's uh, not the only bad guy, but he's always the first one that comes to mind. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, can you imagine Putin with an AI tool? He's not going to look at, at it altruistically. And people like him are not going to look at it altruistically. Well, this one guy, uh, his name was, what was it, Asimov? He was a, a science fiction writer way back in the day. In, nineteen, I think, 1942, he says... He kind of came up with the three laws uh, for robotics. So those those laws, and I got a, a little clip here that I can read. It says, um, a robot may not injure a human being. So that's the first law. Or through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. A robot must obey orders given it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. Uh, finally, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. So way back in the 1940s, you know, like this guy, you know, who was well known for writing science fiction came up with these. And I think some of the um, earlier uh, programmers tried to abide by these laws. But I, where we are at the point well, where that, at right yeah, now, those, those laws have been blown to bits. Exactly. Uh, it. exactly. But, you know, you think of the, the drones that are used for uh, lethal purposes. Exactly. The risk. The risk to me kind of reminds me of the risk of uh, you know growing up for me uh, the the risk of nuclear war and the big risk of nuclear war is that it gets in the wrong hands. Right. And I think uh, you know you go back to you know what this group of scientists were were t- uh, saying and they're they're saying that we should treat mitigating the risk of becoming extinct from AI alongside with other priorities such as pandemics and nuclear war. And I think the most serious thing is that it gets into... um, The wrong hands. Yeah. Well, you know, that's saying, you know, the the road to what, hell is paved with the good intentions? Good intentions. Yes. And I think that's that's what, what might possibly happen. So, for instance, like this guy who brought us chat GPT, right? Uh, the, the CEO of uh, OpenAI, Sam Altman, young dude. He has his own uh, cryptocurrency called WorldCoin. So, through his WorldCoin cryptocurrency platform, he's actually scanning the, the irises of human beings around the world. His whole process, his thought process is that if that kind of data can be collected and kept on a decentralized platform like his, then those who are using cryptocurrencies will be able to easily use uh, cryptocurrencies without having to always prove that they're not AI, right? So that scared a lot of people. And the Kenyan government, I think about a month ago, uh, suspended uh, the the scanning of the the iris in Kenya just, you know, so they can look a little bit further into its risks. And I think uh, the UK, Germany, and France are also kind of looking into into all of that. My concern is just if that kind of information gets in the wrong hands, you know, that's where the mayhem is going to happen. I mean, what do you think TikTok is doing with all that information it's getting <laughs> from you and everybody else? Well, what's Facebook doing with your information? Yeah, yeah exactly. So 
I don't think AI is going to replace humans, but as I read in the Harvard Business Review, humans with AI are going to replace humans without it. I mean, we have to embrace it if we're going to go forward. For me, you know, it's the same message from one of my favorite books. Remember that one, Who Moved My Cheese? Yeah. I think I have a copy somewhere here in my library. Yeah. I should reread it. This is a classic business self-help book that was written 25 years ago by Spencer Johnson. He was also the co-author of The One Minute Manager, which was kind of the Bible for business managers. Who Mow My Cheese is a deceptively simple story with a central message that life doesn't always go as planned and change is inevitable. If we ignore what's going on around us and cling to the past, we'll wake up one day and ask, you know, who moved my cheese? But good things can also happen when changes occur. If we find ways to adapt and discover new opportunities and overcome our fears. Aliki, the personal and work worlds are changing rapidly due to technological advancements like AI. You know, in the workplace, as we discussed earlier, AI is poised to replace many traditional jobs, but it's also going to create opportunities for those willing to grab them. People with AI skills will be part of an exciting new field that quite literally could determine the direction of human existence. So whether it's AI or any other significant changes taking place in our life, we can follow the sage advice offered by Who Moved My Cheese? Be prepared for change, let go of the past, and be open-minded to new things. That's so true, Deno. In the words of Ben Franklin, when you're finished changing, you're finished. And we're finished for today. So let me send a shout out to Kono of KP Platinum Sound Studios for our fabulous bumpers, our original music. Thanks to all our listeners. Please keep an open mind, a kind heart, and join us next time for Black White, but mostly Gray. Namaste, my friends. Mm-hmm.